The Sauce Podcast. Empowering women everywhere. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Molly. It's uh, We are getting to the thick of summer here. How are you doing? I know, I know. I am doing well. It's so good to see you. I believe I have shared on the sauce that summer is fun for sure in the McKinstry house. And also it is such a huge change from our normal school year. We have very lucky our kiddos ride the bus and school is so close. And so I honestly feel like we don't do a lot of driving during the regular school year. And let me tell you, the first part of summer is very much the opposite of that. Um, It is like getting everyone to camps across town and sports across town. And it just feels like a ton of driving. So I am well, we are good. The summer I think that we're trying to, you know, create for our children is a little different than the summer mom and dad are are feeling. We want, but well, very fair. Um, I, I loved the bus as a kid, so I hope your kids are are and then the parents love the bus. Yes. But it sounds like you're getting some miles in across Denver, but giving your kids really special memories, Molly, which sounds incredible. And yeah, <laughs> hopefully mom and dad can hang on. And That is totally the goal. And it's so funny because the kids, you know, are like, mom, it's summer. You know, why can't you just come to the pool at two o'clock with us? Right. And it's like, all right, guys, it is summer for you. Uh, Summer is a season for for me, but it is it is a little different. So, yeah, just really trying to cherish it and make the most of it. What about you? What's going on in London? Good. Yeah, Um, it is. It's finally summer here. We had a as many other places throughout the world, it took a little while, but it's been a great, great, great summer and it stays light here to like 10 or 1030 at night. Um, so it's, it's like magical, but you know, I would say that recently at, um, with work, there's been some, you know, just some changes and some, um, and, you know, with changes and pretty, pretty big changes, um, some challenges come with it. And I'm kind of like working through mm-hmm. it and all of that. And, um, I think as a leader, you need to show up, but I think you also need to show up, um, authentic and so um, I'm very, very thankful for my team because they've been wonderful and they've been fun um, and they've been very, very supportive. But I think anytime at work specifically, maybe anything in life, but specifically at work, when we go through some big changes and some big challenges, sometimes showing up 100% can be tough. And I think about, you know, we're moving a million mile a minute every day and it's it's Slack, it's email, it's, you know, it's it's this, it's, it's text, it's, it's WhatsApps, it's this and that. And I just think about sometimes when I'm going through this, um, remembering how I show up and Molly, you remind me of this in my written communication and remembering, mm-hmm. you know, to how I want to come across, even though sometimes it doesn't always match my energy or my mood in the moment. So I'm kind of working through that and um, I think all will be good, but that's just kind of where where I'm at right now. Yeah. Well, one, I know, you know, managing change like that at work is is really, really hard. So hang in there, Lizzie, and thinking of you. And I know of anyone out there you're leading with a bunch of empathy and compassion. It's yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see that kind of change and, you know, be yeah. be um, accountable to helping people through it, which I know is is not easy. Yeah. So with you and thinking of you there and, you know, on Thanks, the Paul. communication stuff, Gosh, I feel like we have kind of scratched the surface here a little bit on the sauce, but, you know, it is really important. It matters a ton the way that we communicate in all forums, right? Um, To your point, there's a lot of different ways, 
email, text, Slack, or you know, if you're if you're using GChat or or Teams, there's all these different places where you can communicate in a written capacity and you want to do your best to, you know, be professional, be authentic and honest. But I'm with you because sometimes in just the heat or the stress of what you're managing, it can feel like, ah, I just got to type and send. Like I just got to go. And in in the moment you got three things you got to do. So it's a quick one out, quick one here or there. Um, And depending on, you know, you've got to kind of balance yourself too. How are you feeling in that moment as you're writing it? Yeah, for sure. Well, this uh, is a good segue to our topic for the day because, you know, we, I think this is something that you and I both have learned a lot about over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. And it is something I care a lot about. You know, we've talked about, I, I love words. I love language. I think that how, how we write and communicate is really just such a, it, it, it is such an important part of how we interact with people and how we make people feel and how people perceive us. So, you know, we've talked about a little bit of like the extension of your brand. Your yeah. brand is not just being live and in person, you know, face-to-face conversating, your brand is in all these other places. And so how are you showing up in your written communication, specifically email? I think today we'll probably orient more towards email. It it matters. And we've got a lot of tips and pieces of advice and I think perspective to share that uh, could be a, a fun little conversation if you're, yeah. if you're for it. Yeah, I think this is something that like, I like communication a lot. And I'm probably stronger at face to face than written words are not my go to easy thing. But I think Molly, one of the you know, you've taught me many things a lot. I think like every episode we do, I'm like, Molly, you help me with this. But I think written communication is probably one of your greatest strengths of the many strengths that you have, Molly. And it's so good. I also think what you're really good at, and I kind of want to say for the saucers is, as we're talking about, sometimes you're in you're, you're, you're going back and forth with somebody on, let's just use Slack. That's a back and forth, easy messaging system. And you're getting a little heated about something and you just kind of want to like end it and just be done. I think Molly, Mm. you're very good at either taking a deep breath or seeing past the emotion and getting, you know, everything resolved. And I think you're very good at that, Molly. Oh, well, thank you. I, I I don't know if that's um, something that's come naturally to me or practice. It's probably a little bit of both, but I love that you referenced breath because we've talked about through growth mindset episode and through like kind of harnessing calmness as a superpower. Everyone, you you know, I like strongly believe in just breath and recentering and curiosity, right? So when things are feeling tense or heated and you know, you're, you're receiving messages that feel, feel that way. It's kind of reframing with a question and getting curious and trying to learn more, trusting good intent. Yes. So thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that, Lizzie. Yeah. And I think, yeah, of course. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so I think for today we should focus a little bit on, is it, it's kind of like how to structure, like not how to structure an email, but like tips on whether it's brevity in emails or how to get your point across in emails. And then I think also we've talked a lot about, um, I think we can, I think this is fair to say, using passive language in emails or or a lot of filler words in emails. And I think females can oftentimes be Mm -hmm. ones who will do that more than males. That is a generalized statement, of course, but I'm just saying. And I think today we're here to kind of give tips and tricks around, it's not really how to structure, it's somewhat how to structure an email, but also just how to get your point across and come across professional. 
I guess. Yep. hundred percent. Well, and the, you already touched on brevity, you've touched on filler words, you've touched on some kind of passive softened language and it's all of that. And I would love to touch on all of that because those components strung together make a really big difference in the impact of how your email is going to be received in the tone that you're, you know, trying to get across. So why don't, let's start with brevity for a moment. Um, you know, we, found an interesting article by Grammarly, which is uh, a really cool technology that basically helps people edit their emails. And, you know, I've used it in the past in varying degrees, only the free version, but it really is almost this like writing aid in giving you advice and perspective of your email being too long or, you know, your tone being too passive so if you've not used Grammarly in the past, give it a try. But they they released this article with a bunch of different and interesting stats. But the one that I found to be just very, um, I think, like a aha, of, of course, moment is almost half, half of every email gets read on a mobile device. It's, it's, a, it's 40%. So almost one in two emails are going to be read on a, a phone. And so if you think about that, you know, I am somebody who far prefers to write emails at my laptop and using my, my full keyboard. I actually will really avoid writing emails from my cell phone, but it's a good reminder that even if I send it from my laptop and my main keyboard, the recipient almost 50% of the time they're going to be opening it from their phone. And so if you've written this, you know, like scroll after scroll, several hundred word, you know, dialogue that you're going to lose them. They're probably not going to read the whole thing and they're on the go. They're on the, on their phone. So I do think brevity is just a really good reminder and something to almost start as kind of like the frame up of this. Yes. I agree. And so we have an example from this Grammarly article. It's an amazing plugin. As Molly said, I use it and live by Grammarly. It really helps me. So maybe we'll actually read. They give an example of like getting your point across, but you, and then they give you an example of how to make it more brief. So maybe we'll actually read that and talk a little bit about it. Does that sound fair, Mol? Love it. Okay. So I think this, because I am not brief. I think I like to get all my details in and figuring out where to shorten things to just make it more crisp is is so nice in the professional world. So here's the example. So hi, Molly. Hope you're having a great week. I was looking around the company wiki to see if I could find the answer to your question, but it doesn't seem to be there. So I asked my manager and they said, Hillary, but I don't think that's exactly what you are looking for here. So I kept looking. Long story short, it looks like there are three possible answers to your question, A, B, and C whatever those answers were. I'm not sure which would be the best fit for your specific needs. So I'm off base. So if I'm off base, just let me know. If so, I was wondering if you could send me some more context about the project you're working on. I think that might help me figure out exactly what you're going for here. Anyways, I know you're under a pretty tight deadline. So I wanted to get this information to you as fast as possible. I do have some extra time this week. So if you need to get, if you need me to get back in again, I'm happy to keep digging. I'm just not totally sure I know if I'm going in the right direction here. Hope you're having a good week. Best, Liz. So, <laughs> so that's the, you know, the point got across. Um, yeah. The details of of how I went digging, etc. So here's a shortened version of that. Ready? Hi Molly. I was digging into some research around your question, and it looks like there could be three possible solutions: A, B, C. If these aren't what you had in mind, I'm happy to keep looking. 
it would help if you could send me more context around the project. If you get back to me by X date, I should be able to respond by this date. I'll keep an eye out for a reply so I can get on an ASAP. Best Liz. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so much tighter and, and the points so of Yes. So, so much more improved. Well, the, the, the obvious removal there was all the background of, I talked to my manager, I looked in the company wiki, I went on, you know, this kind of wild goose chase trying to find what you need. And the truth is that's not really pertinent to the email or the goal of the email, right? If you are trying in this specific example, like propose three solutions to a problem, the all that stuff up front about what you did, where you spent time, who you asked, not that is not adding to the impact of your email, right? If anything, it's taking away because you're putting all of this stuff before what the solutions are. And that's what the person, the recipient cares about. Exactly. And so I am somebody who goes, here's why I put all those details in because it, I don't think it's an ego thing, but then when somebody writes back to me and goes, well, who did you talk to your manager yet? Because your manager was supposed to. And then I'm like, yes, I did. So I've caught myself sometimes giving all of this detail in an email when really I don't need to. So Molly, I think you make a great point of what is the objective of the email and what are you trying to get a solution for? In this, yeah. it sounds like, what do you need me to search for? And I know we're on a tight deadline. So just give me that direction and I'll make sure I get back to you by the deadline. Exactly to your point, they don't care who told you what or who told you what to go do. This person that you're writing to just needs these things for a deadline. So that is the goal of the email and the direction of the email. Yeah. And listen, if there are times, which I'm sure there will be, where you do need to give the background of what you've done between the last conversation with this person and sending this note, you can do that but you can do it in a way more concise and direct way than what the initial example read as, right? You could say, hey, Liz, following our last conversation, I've researched the company wiki, I've discussed with several several cross-functional partners, and I've also confirmed with my direct leader, here are the three possible solutions. You can still give that background if you feel like you need to for some credibility, but it doesn't need to be as long-winded as, you know, what the initial example we, we read sure. was. <clears throat> My, um, Ty is a, is a lawyer and I, I've, I've said that several times here and he and I have very, very different writing styles, but I, I think we both do really enjoy writing and have a belief that we're both good at it, <laughs> which is very oh, funny. I love that. And like different styles. Our, yes. Cause our style is very different, but whenever I do have him read my messages, you know, I will say he's helped me tremendously because he can call out, this feels like more stream of conscious, you're speaking kind of like what you would say to yourself versus, right. You need, you, you need to change that. It's not a stream of conscious. Then I went and did this and then I went and did that. And here's what he said. And this is what she told me. That is not directive, you know, kind of, um, effective writing styles. I, it's not often I give him uh, my stuff to read, but sometimes I do. And he, and okay. he always, he like, always Go ahead, Ty, let's see what you say. <laughs> but I think that's really, really good because there's a few things here. So I think we've talked a little bit about how this is very, very long. Um, yes. And I think I'm a very big stream of conscious person. A lot of people say, Liz, we can hear you saying when I read what you write, I can hear you saying it, which 
there's good in that, but I think there's also challenges in that too. Like there's, there's work yeah. to be done, but let's talk yeah. a little bit about the thing about that email that I wrote was let's talk about filler words. You know, I think, yes. um, I saw something once yeah. that said, every time I write an email, I go back and I can cut 30% of it out. And I remember being like, yeah, right. And so now yes. sometimes when I write emails either to, you know, leadership at my role or to my team, and it's a, it's a larger email, I will go back and I will read it probably two or three times. It doesn't take that long, to be honest, but I watch myself cut out so many words and so many are filler words. So I think one yes. that many of us know, we talk, if you watch, if you follow a lot of different, you know, um, women in tech kind of things or like women channels, a lot of times they'll say how just, we don't need to say just. And I think there's two things, there's filler words, but then I think it also, some of the language that you use on these filler words can make you come across a little bit. Is it inferior or a little bit? Is that the right word? Yeah, um, I think it's, uh, it's like subservient or maybe inferior, you know, yeah. kind of like lesser than that you're, you, the, the person that you are sending the email to by using words that are filler words like just, it's, it, it kind of puts the the power to to them and you're over here just trying to just trying to make them happy just trying to give them what they need you know it it doesn't kind of have you on the same playing field and by yes. the way even if you are sending an email to someone who is your um, you know, a, a, a leader to you directly or a leader in the organization higher than you or another organization, right? Maybe you're emailing the CEO or founder of another yes. company. And so technically in title, they may be more senior, more tenured, but that the whole purpose of, of email and written communication is to create this equal, even playing field and dynamic, which filler words really, really make it difficult to, to do that. Very, very fair point. So let's talk about some filler words. We talked about just Molly. What are some other ones? And I think these are for like I when I go back and reread my emails, I look for these words. Um, and again, some of it is just because it makes the email too long and unnecessary. Some of it is it's a little bit. It feels a little bit. I don't. It feels a little juvenile to me sometimes when I go yes. back and reread some of these emails that I write. Um, and yep. you know that that is a little my vernacular. I feel insecure about it, but I feel a little bit juvenile in some ways. But Let's talk filler words. Um, yes. Maul, do you have some that you would share that you think about? Yes. So some that come to, come to mind for me, we already touched on just very basically, oh. essentially, really. And, and these two are big ones for me. I think and I mean. So you may mm. hear that and, and question, well, if I'm trying to share my opinion using I think is how I share my opinion. But when you write, I think it, it is again, showing that you're not, you're maybe not totally confident in whatever you're thinking is, or you're unsure of the point that you're going to make following that. And so instead of, I think I love my belief is mm. my belief is right. Hey, I think that we should reschedule the session for the end of this week to next week because people are out of office. My belief is we need to shift the call for Friday. Yeah. Direct, concise, clear. And it's not a waffling. I think, I don't know, just kind of, I think it's, this is my belief. Yeah. Very different. I like that. How do you feel about, I would like to. I would like to shift the call to next week. I would like to shift the call to next week. 
I feel like that's better than I think because but still not. You know, well, and there's this whole belief on the on the words could, should, and would. Is that waffly? I know people who say remove them from your vocabulary entirely. It's um, not you would, you will. It's not I could, I can, or I cannot. So I I, I have like a weird relationship with would, could, and should. Just though. having. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, and again, like, should do something. No, you're either going to do it or you are not. I will or yep. I will not. It's not a should. So, and I know my belief is a very directive statement when you take that from what was originally, I think, but that is kind of creating that command and that confidence that you're wanting to portray in, in your email. Another, another one that I touched on was I mean, so you can, you think about this, like what I mean to say is, Mm. or what I mean to what I mean to portray is right. So again, it is showing this is your intent. You're meaning to do something, but the way you're phrasing it and positioning it is seeming soft and passive. So instead of, I mean, you could rephrase that to my intent is, or I plan to something like more it. directive, right? Then this is what I mean. Um, so Love. those are, those are, those are a couple that come to mind for me. I will also say for words like basically at the end of the day, essentially, mm. I, I use those words. I definitely use oh. those words when I'm speaking, but when I read those words in my emails, I really, really do try to remove them because they they are fillers and you aren't on stage, you know, trying to like captivate this audience and you, this is an email. Half of them are going to be read on a tiny screen. You don't need those filler words. And it's taking away from the goal of whatever your email is. I agree. The just, the very, um, just, very, and maybe much are some of those filler words that just like, well, like, thank you very much. Or I very, very, I very much appreciate it. Just, I appreciate yes. it. It just comes across so much it. more. Um yes. Yeah, I just, I, I like that a lot. Interesting, Molly, how you talk about, you'll say some of these words, but in your written communication, you really check it out. And I think I would encourage you all saucers. This is something that I'm very much working on and a work in progress. But if you can go back and look at emails that you write, like, you know, if you have time, take a look and you can probably cut 30% of it out and you truly yes. can and yes. look at those filler words. So Molly, maybe a couple other things that we should look at is just like ways to say like, okay, I think one thing is, is people talk a lot about not using the word sorry and stop apologizing yes. so much. Yes. So yes. I have thoughts on that. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Molly, that you want to share? I have a lot of thoughts on that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, please, I have a lot please. Of thoughts on that. Well, one, one thing that I believe were most common, what, what most often to say sorry is if we, if it took us a long time to respond to somebody. So, so sorry for the delay. So sorry it took me so long to write you back. So sorry you waited four days to hear back from me. And I understand that we may actually feel apologetic for the delay, but this is a change that I have made. And I I mean, I've brought this even into most of my personal relationships too, where unless I am truly genuinely sorry and I, I am feeling you know, almost like guilt over what I've done, I'm not going to use the word sorry because it it means that if I'm using it all the time, 
when I really need to use it and I'm truly sorry, it doesn't have as much value. I've used it too often. So I am a big, big remove. Sorry, it took me so long. Sorry for the delay. And a reframe of that is thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for your patience. Thank you for bearing with me the last several days, right? I I think thanking someone and acknowledging the kind of time and grace they've given you, and then you can explain, you know, what, whatever happened, if you need to, why they needed that patience. But I'm a big, big fan of not sorry for the delay. Thanks for your patience with me. It's been a hectic few days. I'd love to pick this back up. Let's go. Fair. I think thank you when you really think about it. If you replace a lot of the times you want to say sorry, and it's more of like a little bit of a filler, if you were to use thank you nine out of 10 times, thank you works. And you're actually thanking them for being patient with you and partnering with you in a sense. I do think what's really interesting for anyone who is here that probably lives in the UK, um, sorry is a very big filler word here big time. Mm, okay. Like instead of saying, excuse me or pardon, it's sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, Liz, but I'm going to be late to the office. Sorry, mm-hmm. Liz. Um, but I didn't send, you know, it's, it's, it's actually used more than how I think in America we use sorry, like, oops, I messed up here. It's just genuinely sorry. is kind of like the starting of like not even letting somebody down, but almost having to deliver a message that's, um, deliver a message that might be a little bit tough. And I wonder if anybody in the UK that's hearing this is like, yep, we do use it a lot. You might not even notice it if you're in the UK, but as an American coming here, I was shocked at how much people would say sorry. So I love the thank you filler. I actually do believe though, don't get too carried away with not using sorry. I think if you promise something or you said that you would do something and you don't apologize for that, for me, I don't love how that comes out, but I'm somebody who's very big on your, on your word. And I'm very big on when you say something's going to happen, it happens. So I think like if your actions don't happen when you've set a timeline to do it and you didn't do that, I still think you can say, sorry, if someone has sent you an email asking you a question and you're a little delayed getting back or a text or something like that, that's where I a hundred percent would say, Hey, thank you. Thank you for um, the patience with me. But I do think I, I personally don't want people to get it. Well, excuse me. I don't want to get it confused. If I've said that I'm going to do something and I don't do it, that is sorry to me, but not getting back to somebody um, or someone's pushing me on a timeline. Thank you for your patience. Yep. I think that's very true. There's, there are absolutely appropriate moments to apologize and you should, if you don't do what you said you were going to do or didn't follow through or or you missed an important deadline. If you owe someone an apology, you should apologize. But if you overuse the word sorry, I think it dilutes the impact of, of the real apologies when they're warranted. Exactly. Should we do a lightning round? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's do a quick lightning round. Exactly. Because there are just some really, really good, you know, kind of quick, quick tweaks you could make. So I'm going to, I'm going to give, um, I'll give two examples, Lizzie, and then why don't you pick two? Love it. So when you want an update on a project, where, where is something, where is the status of something? Instead of writing, Hey, I just wanted to check in. You've used the word just, and it's very, very, very passive. Reframe that. When can I expect the update, the outcome, whatever it is? When can I expect? Not just wanted to check in. When can I expect? I love that one. Way, way more concise and also a little bit more, more, much more directive. 
What about when you've made an error? What about when someone lets you know, hey, you know, that calendar invite you sent through looks like it's for the wrong time or, okay, you've made an error. Instead of saying, ah, sorry, totally my bad. I missed that. Sorry. Ah, totally my bad. Thank you for letting me know. I was working too fast. Thank you for letting me know. I was multitasking. I missed that. Don't, ah, sorry, my bad. Thank you for letting me know. Work on the fix. Love. Okay. I love this one. Yeah. If someone says, thank you so much, Molly. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You know, you're kind of saying you're welcome. You might write, no problem. No worries. I really am trying to get better about saying always happy to help. Because no problem, no worries. There's no big deal. Always happy to help. Um, I think that one's really, really big. Um, uh, Do you, okay, here's one. If somebody's like, do you get it? And you go, hopefully that makes sense. Um, Hopefully that makes sense. You say, let me know if you have any questions. Because that way, when you say that, hopefully that makes sense, you're like questioning your, you're questioning your explanation. So instead say, let me know if you have any questions. They can clarify if they need it. So um yeah, Molly, I know that this is like your heart. You are so good at this. And I feel like we just need more tips from Molly on this. Oh my gosh. Well, I thank you for saying I'm so good at it. I, I love it. I'm very, very passionate about it. And I like everyone in a work in progress. And yeah, some emails I send are better than others. But I do think it is just be very mindful of the length of the emails that you're sending. Grammarly says 80 to 100 words max. You don't need longer than that. If yep. you need longer than that, schedule a live conversation. Let's remove filler words like just and very, and let's save the I'm sorry's for when we really owe someone an apology. If you overuse I'm sorry, think about the times that you can shift that into instead a thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for whatever it is. Save the I'm sorry's for when you really owe someone an apology. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, completely agree. And so I think we'll post some stuff from some of the Grammarly stuff and some yeah. articles that we saw and see if anybody wants to research that. Um, but I think like when you go into your email writing, be bold. Try some things yes. out. Yes, be bold. Try things out. Be concise. Be direct. Always room for dessert. Thank you so much, Saucers. Thank you, Lizzie. So good to see you. Great and to see happy you, summer. Yay. Bye, Saucers. Enjoy summertime. Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.